welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 62. I'm joined once again with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just sitting here watching Knock Force videos. Probably shouldn't be anymore, but, you know, it's... <laughs> Watch, watching what videos? Knock Force. What's Knock Force? Oh, God. So, back when um, Newgrounds was still a thing... <laughs> there there was this show uh with these two guys who would who they would just talk about random shit for like a couple hours at a time take the best 30 seconds of it and turn it into like a little animated clip um one of them is now actually like a um like a real tv person like he he worked on like steven universe and he has his own tv show now um but uh it's just funny to me what you can right. do when you have a microphone and literally just hours of free time on your hand. Dude, is Newground still around? I remember my brother used to be in there a lot. It is still a thing, but um, like nobody goes there anymore. Yeah, it's probably not. Yeah, that that used to be the that was the site back once upon a time. That was YouTube before YouTube when you actually had to have something to say. Right, or, <laughs> or some type of artistic. I don't want to say like vision because most of it was just like, uh, was it cringe humor or something. But like you had that some type of talent. Yeah. Now, now, now you can just like scream racist things into a microphone. <laughs> it makes millions of dollars. Or you uh, torture your children. That's a thing. Right. <laughs> I always wondered, like, I, I don't know any of these viral people's names, but it's it's the one, I can't say one dude in his family, because that's a thousand YouTubers I'm describing, but there's one in specific, I just don't know his name, but I always see them, like, do songs and stupid stuff they record while in the car, and I'm like, I always wonder what the environment's like, like, five seconds before they cut the camera on, like, is the kid, like, I'm not really trying to, like, I don't want to do this, like, get that camera out of my face. Yeah. And he's just like, we have to get these views. Like, I don't, I don't know. I hope they're having fun, but I feel like secretly the kids and their wife probably hate them. Yeah, these are all like helicopter parents who like want their kids to be movie stars. <laughs> who saw that Fred got like four movies and like a TV show and they're like, that's going to be our kid. Except for, again, the ones that actually torture their children on camera. Yeah, this. I don't know so what people do for views. For uh, it's the advertiser money, bro. But they don't even they don't even really make that. I mean, you can it, make it, a it lot, depends. but like the the dude I'm thinking about who literally tortured his children on camera for views was averaging something like 20 million views a month. Oh yeah, see, he's getting paid. Then. Yeah, he, he was getting paid something like two million dollars a year. 
It's ridiculous. He went to jail though, right? Like they they shut that down, didn't they? Um, I'm not. They they shut down his channel. I don't think he went. I'm not sure if he's in jail or being investigated or whatever. But like um, like he 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 would fit like. Like they would have, they would like get their teeth pulled and like their mouths would be bleeding. Jesus. And like he'd videotape them, like, reacting to it, and like they're having like mental breakdowns. Uh, people, yeah, people. people are crazy. YouTube. See, this is a problem when you give a platform to everybody. Because this isn't like TV where your your image is cure like carefully cultivated. This is literally just throwing garbage online and seeing what catches. And of course, the most the worst possible thing is going to catch up. Like, is going to be the thing everybody like tunes in for and sticks around for because everybody loves a train crash. Yeah. See, this is why they're taking our internet away. Yeah, you people <laughs> did this. <laughs> This is why net neutrality is happening. They're taking our internet away because you people don't know what you're doing. Oh, boy. My favorite was uh, the guy from the FCC. He made that video about how you guys are going to still be able to do make your Harlem Shake videos. <laughs> I, I, I saw the thumbnail, and I was like, this guy looks such a douche. He is a like, douche. <laughs> then he got sued by the guy who made the Harlem beat. <laughs> oh, my God. And he had to take it down. I hope... Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys. I hope this podcast can last. If, if if the internet becomes DLC, I don't know how much longer we'll be around. We're moving to VHS. We're going back. <laughs> we're gonna bring magazines back, and we're gonna have little ads at the back of them. We're like <laughs> Dojo Talk Podcast episode number eighty four. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are gonna have to start paying like a two dollar subscription fee, and we'll send you VHS tapes and cassettes. And uh, no, we're know. gonna send one out. We're gonna send one out, and we're just gonna be relying on that person to like create a marketplace with it, where they copy it, and it's, it, and you know every time it copies, it like the the, the quality drops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this is gonna be like fifty of our like the podcast going around on VHS tapes that literally just have like. Your logo, but like it's, like, <laughs> it's gonna look like it's just like sepia tone or something. <laughs> and it's just like you're going, you're only going to be able to hear like every third word we say. Oh man, oh man, prove wow. how much you love the cast, people. All right, this this is this is your test of love and commitment right here. Because um, once the internet becomes DLC, man, it's, we're we're gonna see what people are really made of. <laughs> we'll come and do the podcast live at your house, right? If you pay us enough, you know. Podcast tour. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for a podcast tour. I don't know how to explain that to my job, but they'll, you know, I'll figure something out. I mean, advertising. There we go. They're going to be mar- They're they're going to be sponsoring us. I hope. <laughs> oh man, yeah, wild, wild week. Just uh, it's another week in America. Just just another week in America. But on the bright side, we got fights this weekend. Um, yeah, man. I feel like every sport is in like high gear. We got fights, playoffs for NFL are right around the corner. If your college football game, bowl game just just started. Um, most important. Most importantly, my next one. 
Who did I play last night? We played OKC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't have Porzingis, and um, Beasley dropped, like, 30 points. Oh, yeah, I did see it. <laughs> OKC, man. Ah, you guys, man. I mean, what did, what could they have expected? They get, they put three dudes on the team who need the ball to be effective. Right. <laughs> uh, like, we, we've seen this before. Shout-outs to, um, uh, who is it? Uh, I listen to Dead in Sports a lot, and uh, I think Kendall in there always calls out OKC. He always calls out Billy Donovan, the coach, because it's like, dude, you've had so much talent, or you like you've had talent. There's no reason why you shouldn't. You should have had a ring by now. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Then James Harden and his beard out here giving my Spurs the worst. I really appreciate that. But it it is what it is. But <laughs> that's another topic for another day. Um, so I guess real quick before we get into the fights, just not the busiest news week, but a few things, uh, a few fights did get announced. Uh, Eric Anders is coming right back. Uh, he will be fighting Leona Machida. I don't have what card that's on, though. That's the Bellum card on February uh, 3rd. Yes, that's a pretty quick, it's a pretty quick turnaround. That's a quick. Um, you know, that's a quick turnaround for Leo Machida because he got knocked out like two months ago. Oh yeah, even. yeah, that did happen. So, and now they want him to be ready to fight in like what? Not even six, seven weeks. That's an interesting. It's a weird matchup. Like, I I don't like fights where one guy is coming in off a knockout and the other guy's a big puncher, and the other guy's forty. Right. <laughs> like, there's, they, they keep setting Leo Machida up to fail in Brazil, and it makes no sense. Because it's not like he's failing to other Brazilians. Like, if they had made this fight with, um, what you call it? The other dude, um, Paulo Costa? Costa? Yeah. Like, that, that at least, like, there's a passing of the torch element there. This is just, I'm going to send this dude from Alabama, the football team, not the state. To go down to Brazil and beat this man in front of his own country. Like, I'm not saying Machida can't win, but, like, circumstances given, it seems pretty clear they want Anders to win. Yeah, I was going to say, because if you look at, like, ranking-wise and, like, placement-wise, this fight doesn't really make much of sense. I mean, Machida is at the very bottom of, like, the top 15. Actually, they have him at 14. But... Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. And I hope the UFC, you know, you guys better hope Machida doesn't give him a Glover treatment where you send the young guy up thinking he's going to be the next big thing. Old man puts some paws on him and, you know. I'm seeing this more as, like, the Johnny Hendricks treatment where, like, you try to give a dude a name, but, like, how m- I don't think people are going to think, like, oh, my God, Eric Andrews is so great. They're going to think, oh my god, Leo Machida is so faded. <laughs> like, and, and again, Machida can win this fight. He totally can. Anders is really green. But there's also a good chance Anders just goes out there and like knocks him out in two minutes. Yeah. Like Brunson yeah. did. Again. We'll see, though. It's... Only like three months prior. It's so uh, it's such a bad... It's like when they tried to make JDS versus um, Nganu... Literally two months after JDS got knocked out fighting for the title. 
I'm so glad that fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that fight never happened. Oh man, he dodged the bullet. But uh, whatever. I was gonna say whatever happened after that, but he dodged the bullet to meet other bullets. But anywho, yeah, that that that's a interesting matchup. Uh, Curtis Blades will be fighting Mark Hunt. Um, it's an interesting fight too. Young guy on the come up, fighting a vet. But, you know, as, as old as Mark Hunt is, he is always one punch away from killing you. So, I, I feel like if, if, if Curtis Blades can just outwork him, he should be able to win this fight. But Take downs. Yeah. Take down, yeah. take down, take down, take down. Just just spam him. Yeah. <laughs> just, just spam him and make him work. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it for, like, UFC fights. Um, outside of the UFC... Uh, at least the biggest fight that I saw uh, that is official. Uh, Martin Wynn uh, from 1FC, who is the current featherweight champ and lightweight champ, is going for the, the triple crown, dropping down to bantamweight. He will be fighting Bibiano Fernandez in March. Um, uh, what's the name of the event? At, oh, is the event not named? Maybe it's not named. Okay, I don't know if the event is named, but it's happening March 24th. Um, that will be at the Impact Arena, ah, Impact Arena in Bangkok, Thailand. So, I mean, if if Wynn pulls this off, that's a pretty epic feat. Uh, I don't think his body will appreciate him cutting all of that weight, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, at that point, what is left for him but to go up to welterweight and try to take Ben Askren's former title? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Definitely keeping an eye on that, man. That that would be a really, really good accomplishment. You know, holding three belts simultaneously. Um, I don't know how all these defenses are going to work out, but... Drop them all and just leave. Retire. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, shout-outs to Wynn, man. He, he, he's been on a, a tear, to, to say the least, as of late. Um, so that's pretty much... Uh, fights and things that have been announced so i guess we'll or do, do we care to talk about bellator even just mention who won yeah we could do that um i don't even have that card pulled up i know michael mcdonald won his fight by decision yeah yeah i wrestled um peter Le uh legier i can't i do and do i don't do french um he uh, wrestled him got on top ground and pound from what i read i didn't watch the fight he also blew weight so that's what happens when you don't fight in like a year, year and a half. Huh, he blew weight? Uh, McDonald, yeah. Oh, man. He, he came in like two, three pounds over. Uh, uh, well, he got the W. Uh, I think Valerie Returno won her decision over Kate Jackson. Um, and apparently in her post-fight, she called out uh, Alima Lay McFarlane. And... A uh, former UFC com uh, fighter who I forgot existed, <laughs> Philip DeFreeze, uh, Guillotine James Thompson, and Muhammad Yaha knocked out Ash Griffith, if I'm saying that correct. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, Bellator 191. Didn't watch it, but, you know, if you want to check it out, go, go, go check it out, maybe. <laughs> James, Tom James Thompson's, like, one of the most, like, weirdly televised fighters ever <laughs> like this dude has fought literally the two biggest names in MMA in Kimbo Slice and the Puds 
Oh my god. Bank account's probably doing pretty good. Uh, uh, well, at, at that point, maybe. I don't know about now. But. Uh, I mean, there's money in being the opponent. I mean, he fought Bob Sapp and Bobby Lashley. They probably got some good checks from those. Sure. <laughs> probably, probably got some decent checks. I can't remember who it was, but somebody tried to argue with me that Thompson would beat Lashley. I was like, have you seen Thompson fight? Well, I mean, he did beat Lashley. At one time, not the second yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are one-on-one. He's also 39. But yeah. then that heavyweight age doesn't really... Yeah, but hey, I'm not picking Thompson, too. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is they have a heavyweight title that's vacant. They're one-on-one. I think Lashley's on the biggest streak in the heavyweight division right now. <laughs> and he's not in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's busy doing pro wrestling or something. Oh, man, he is on a one, two, three, four, five, six. He's like an eight-fight win streak. Where is Chad Griggs? <laughs> Funny you say. Let's see. Chad Griggs, what's, what's going on? He hasn't fought since he got cut from the UFC. Oh, yeah. Zero dear body. Oh, man. That guy, he retired too, didn't he? Yep. Oh, man. Well, he was like 40 then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those are two names I've not seen in a long time. My fa- my favorite bit of Cyril Diabati uh, trivia was before Michael Bisping was in the UFC, they were, like, I think they had, like, a kickboxing matchup or something, and, like, all I remember is Michael Bisping was very upset with Cyril Diabati, and they had a big feud on, like, Sherdog. And you can still go find the threads where they're, like, throwing jabs at each other in the same forum. <laughs> Dear body doesn't strike me as somebody who would be on Sure Dog. <laughs> this is back when like, everybody was on Sure Dog, though. Like everybody was on Sure Dog in the underground, because that's the only way you could get your name out there. Rampage Jackson was handing out his phone number. <laughs> like it, it was a different time. Oh man, good time, good times. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the the news and and such going on. So. Uh, I guess we would just jump right into this card then. So last night, uh, UFC on Fox 26 uh, went down in Winnipeg. Um, I guess before we even talk about any fights, I just I just want to say that I'm thankful that this card ended at like 10:30, something like that. Something like that. Main card started at eight, which is awesome. I, I wish like this is how every card should be. I, if you want to do pay per views later, all right, I I, I get it. But like those FS1 cards, man, you got you guys need to get on the same bandwagon. Start these cards earlier. Remember that year when the UFC just moved everything like an hour earlier, like in the, like main cards start at nine o'clock, uh, like fight for fight nights. Yeah, that was amazing. I missed why that. What they? West Coast. Everything the UFC does time wise is so that the West Coast can have their freaking cards at. In the afternoon instead of at night like we do, or I'm saying, mm. or or so like at t- starting at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, I should say. Man, see, Cali guys, man, still get get your people under control. <laughs> oh man, but anywho, card ended on a good time, so that that was awesome. But uh, this main event, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos and Robbie Lawler. Um, 
I was really intrigued to see how this fight was going to play out. And I didn't think it was going to be like this, like much of a, <laughs> a beatdown. Like <laughs> this, I mean, we've seen Dos Anjos how many times at welterweight now? Twice, two or three? This is oh, third. Third. And I mean, obviously when he fought Safadine, like he just kind of like outworked him. Um, Magny, it did seem like he kind of took down with ease, but like Magny's not really a huge welterweight, kind of a, a skinny, lanky dude. And like he is and he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at him and Robbie, and I'm like, okay, how's this gonna? Is he still gonna be able to like outwork Robbie, or like how's it gonna go if Robbie see, Robbie catches him clean? And man, RDA put a a clinic <laughs> like. An absolute clinic on Robbie. And not to say that, like, Robbie wasn't fighting back or, you know, offering any resistance, but it just seemed like RDA had an answer for literally everything. Just brilliant clinch work, um, elbows, flying knees. Um, I noticed the second time I watched it, he did a good job of just, like, not getting hit. I mean, like, he... he he ate shots, obviously, throughout the fight, but, like, he did a good job of keeping his head moving so he wasn't on a straight line. He was getting out of the way um, a good amount of the time. You know, he, he did get tagged a few, but, like, just good defense of not, you know, putting yourself in too many terrible situations. And then on the other end, just, just like a relentless offense, a relentless pace, um... That flurry that they said, I think that was, the, I can't remember if it was the first or second round, where he backed Robbie up against the cage. No, second. And he just, second round. Second round. And he threw 48 punches. It's great. <laughs> yeah, some 40-something punch, and they said it was, like, it was a 23-second flurry. Yeah. And I've hit, I have a head, well, I used to own a heavy bag. I have a wave master now, but, <laughs> but <laughs> my heavy bag broke. <laughs> so I had to get something easier. But, like. If you hit a heavy bag, even for, like, 15 seconds straight, like, you feel the burn in your arms. And he did a all-out flurry for 23 seconds. And, I mean, props to Robbie, though. He was he was trying to shoulder roll. I think he evaded some of them, but he definitely ate some body shots uh, for his troubles. Uh, yeah, RDA, man, he, he, it was just a five-round just, he just worked him. Like, <laughs> he, he really just... I was impressed. I was really, really, really impressed. I, I can't remember, at least a, as of recent, seeing somebody just kind of like out work and just like out hustle Robbie like that. Yeah. Um. But my my over my like overarching thought for this whole fight was RTA is probably going to win it down the stretch because. The last time I think we saw um, like a prime Robbie Lawler was kind of the um, the Rory McDonald fight, where he was down three rounds to one on the judges' scorecards and somehow dug deep in the fifth round. Uh, towards the end of the fourth, fifth, and then came out in the fifth and you broke Rory's face. Um, R like RDA was always going to be the dude who worked more. Uh, one of the most overlooked things about him is he's one of the best conditioned athletes in the sport. 
Like, this dude fought with Tony Ferguson at altitude for five rounds after almost passing out during his weight cut. Like, how many people could go five rounds with Tony Ferguson, you know, at sea level? Right. Let alone after a shitty weight cut and fighting 7,000 feet in the air in Mexico or however freaking high up it is. Like, the, the dude is like a next level fighter when it comes to like just being able to keep pace. And I think he threw something like 350, 400 strikes here. Yeah, he landed two, I think it was like he landed 253 or something like that. Two, like 200 something to 400 something. Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, uh, Robbie still obviously hits really freaking hard, but uh, I, I don't think he's the guy he was uh, he was during that McDonald fight. We saw a little bit of it during the Condit fight. Uh, we saw a little we saw a little bit during the um, the um, Don Cerrone fight where he needed to take a round off in the middle so he could come out and have that big third round where he was just like working constantly. Uh, like you're not gonna get that break against RDA. Um, I don't want to say it was surprising, but what was really interesting to see was like this. This was like a grown ass fight. This is like a grown man fight. Like this fight reminds me a lot of um the Gadella, the first Gadella Yonan and Jacek fight, where like it's just gritty and like you get nothing for free. Right. Um. Give me two seconds. All right. But yeah, said that for you guys listening. Um, there was a point in like the first round. I am back. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, like the 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 interesting parts about this fight were like th- this fight was almost fought like exclusively in the clinch. After the, well, for the first two rounds, it was a little bit at distance, but like there there were still heavy cl- like clinch exchanges, and like the last three rounds were basically all in the clinch. Like, Robbie invited it. Like, he did not try to break and, like, throw. And probably in large part because he couldn't walk very well. Like, yeah, he got his legs, uh... <laughs> yeah, legs got chewed up a bit. Yeah. Tonight was really, like, a night just all about, like, leg kicks. Like, so many of these fights were decided by them. Uh, the Pond Perry fight, the Emmett Lamas fight. But in like the opposite direction. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> uh, the McDessie Trujillo fight. Like, yeah, like kicking, valuable skill to have against heavy, ex- uh, heavy-footed, explosive power punchers like Robbie Lower, Trujillo, and Mike Perry. Um, but yeah, like no, this was like RDA is legitimately one of the pound-for-pound best fighters in MMA. Like, he, like, I had him as, like, best lightweight prior to getting knocked out by Alvarez. Like, he, he's still in the top, like, three or four. Um, now he's, like, the number two welterweight in the division, so go figure. Hmm. Yeah. There was a part in the first round, I think, where, like, they had gotten to a clinch. And he, like, <laughs> he just, like, dragged Robbie across the cage. He's kneed him so many times. And I was like, I don't know if Robbie can't break the clinch or is RDA just a lot stronger than I think he is. 
But, and he's just holding this clinch and just kneeing the crap out of Robbie. Well, they both seem like pretty happy to be there. Like even the parts where R, like RDA when RDA wanted to break the clinch, he would go for that knee tap, which eventually turned into actual takedowns. But like that, like it wasn't like either one of them was like like neither one was going for like the over under and just like hanging on to like the other person's chest or waist or something like. Like they were just literally just grabbing, like wrapping an arm around the head, and like I'm going to push my hips up into yours, and we're going to fight from here. All right. Yeah, his his work rate is just insane. Like, <laughs> and like I said, man, he 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 doesn't he he got tagged in this fight, but he never really was in any like a lot of danger. Like he wasn't. There weren't many moments where like, it was like, oh, Robbie's about to, you know. Robbie had a few moments of explosion, but he, RDA just always would get right back in the fight. Yeah. Like, and, and Robbie's used to dropping early rounds. Like, so, you know, the first round comes around, he loses that one. The second round comes around, he loses that one. He started to, he started to pick up in the third, and then he gets dropped. Yeah, I don't know if he got dropped or pushed. I, I, think, I, he, I think he got hurt, and he's just like, you know, I'm going to go down. The round's almost over. I got, I got, and then he I got two got more rounds to work. Around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, those elbows when like RDA did not throw them often, but when he did, like they they those were the things that actually like I want to say in the fourth round he came. Um, RDA they were in the clinch along the fence. RDA hit him with a right elbow, and instead of like trying just like eating it like he did in the first one, uh, the third round, he uh, Robbie just breaks, and like they're back in the center of the cage. So that was so like you could see like all the things that RDA was doing start to pay off. Yeah, dude is an he, he's an animal, and I posted this on Twitter, man. Just some of the bodies <laughs> on on Dos Anjos' resume. So you got Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny, Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis. Oh, Donald Cerrone twice, I should mention. Pettis, Diaz, Bendo, Evan Dunham. It's a lot of a lot of high quality competition he's like <laughs> beat and a lot of those fights like they weren't close yeah these were fights that he he dominated the he, the the WEC three trio you just named like Cerrone Bendo and Bettis like collectively I think they won one round against him and he stopped two of them like twice he stopped them twice so like the the man is a savage. Well, just and it's, what's doubly going to like win him points in uh, at welterweight is like besides the Usmans and the Tills and the Ponzinibbios, most of these dudes are old. Like I can see him doing that to Carlos Condit. I can see him doing that to um, to Tyron Woodley. Like he's the most interesting matchup for Tyron Woodley right now. See, yeah, that's that's what I was trying to figure out, like. How does that? I don't. I don't know how that fight plays out. That's that's a weird. I almost just can't even picture how that fight's gonna look. Cause this Woodley, his fights lately have just been kind of. I mean, he's been winning, but they just. I don't know. It's just. It's been weird to watch. So I'm like, I don't know if this RDA plot forward, but then he gets the Robbie treatment, where maybe he gets a little too happy and he gets exploded on, and that's it. Or. Yeah, I don't know how that fight turns out. Well, the, the whole thing with um, 
the whole thing with that, like with Woodley, is like he loves to fight with his back to the cage. Like he's go- he's going to give RDA the space to operate. It just all comes down to does RDA get dragged? Like he's not going to get caught in the pace that Wonder Boy did or that um, Maya did, where like they just sit there and they're afraid to throw. Like w- w- RDA is going to get in there, he's going to mix it up, and he's going to go to the body, which he did way better with his hands in this fight than he did um, in previous fights. Um, like he, we've seen them kick to the body before. That's what he stopped Cerrone with. But it was like the body punching here that he was working on with Jason Perrell was like sublime. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. I I kind of wish he went to the body more in the second round during that flurry because I think he would have stopped. I think he could have stopped lower because those were the ones that were hurting him. Like he was kind of rolling with the headshots, and even the ones that land clean were like landing on like that granite ass head he has <laughs> right <laughs> but like the body shots like you could like like there was that little jump when they would land where like yeah that hurt really hurt um but like against woodley he he's going to have to watch out for the power shot he's going to have to watch out for like the takedown but like i don't think he's like wonder boy is gonna let um him just like pound on him for like the majority of a round. He's gonna fight to get back up. He's gonna make Wood uh Woodley work. Um it's all gonna come down to does RDA have a deep enough like striking game to do the same thing that Rory McDonald did to Woodley. Where like defensively he doesn't leave himself open to being hit with those big that big ass power shot. That, like that just explosive ass right hand that uh, Woodley could, th- could throw from anywhere. So, so oh, side note by the way, this is Waller's uh, first fight outside the United States. Yeah, they mentioned that during the broadcast. That's crazy. Like, this dude's fought like forty times, and this is his first time <laughs> not in the states. And you would think like that's a guy you would want to push in a, to a foreign crowd. Like you know he's going to give you a fun fight. Yeah. Like, uh, Joey mentioned this. Like, Rory, uh, Robbie seems like the type of dude who's fought in Japan. Right. <laughs> he definitely does. That's crazy. Um, well, I was wondering, too, because Woodley, I think, he's opted to get surgery or something for an injury that he had. So I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. So do you think RDA has another fight in between while Woodley's, I guess, probably healing up? Um, his labrum is torn. Is torn. He's probably not back till March at the earliest. So I'm like, uh, oh, hold on, RDA's labrum or? Oh no, um, Woodley, Woodley. Because I, I was wondering, dude, does he get a a fight maybe in between then? And if so, like who? I no, like if I'm RDA, like. Like the, the the only knock against RDA in this whole thing is like when he came like after the po- like in the post fight interview he was not he he asked for a title shot it, like but it was like this little rambling thing where like I've been in the UFC for ten years like like I like it's not an I'm owed this. it was like an I'm owed this not um not like I'm taking this and that probably would have done a little better especially since that arena seemed really deflated after like Lawler did not show up. Um, that's probably like my only knock against him. Like, yeah, I just beat three top 10 guys in a row. Give me a freaking title shot. 
I'll take the title off of Woodley. So, like, if I'm if I'm him, like I'm like title shower bust. Because yeah, I, I do the same. I think, especially after this, like you just dominated Robbie. Like that that seems like a stamp. But I have a feeling we'll probably see RDA versus Colby. <laughs> I mean, he's tweeting about it. Like, I don't want to talk about his garbage-ass tweets, though, so... Yeah, yes, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I didn't want to see it, but it, it popped up on my on my timeline. But we'll, we'll see, though. E- either way, any uh, doubts I may have had at all about uh, Dos Arnos at welterweight? Like, the only bad matchup I see from him is Wonderboy. If he, if he can wrestle with Lawler, like, the only matchup I see being a little... Well, like, uh, Woodley, too, who I don't think is a bad matchup for him, but, like, that's a hard matchup. Like, a bad matchup would be Wonderboy. Yeah. But even then, like, RDA is probably the best leg kicker Wonderboy's ever faced, and that's always been, like, a thing with American karate guys. Like, Raymond Daniels. Like, um, was was the homie? Um, Wayne. Oh, Barrett. Wayne Barrett, there we go. Yeah. Like, they, they they tend to, like, when they like to dance on the outside, they tend to leave their legs open for leg kicks. So. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see, though. But, yeah, dominant performance from RDA, man. That that was re- really, really, really impressive to watch. Um, speaking of impressive, um, <laughs> Josh Emmett, Ricardo Lamas, Lamas was what number three, I believe. Yes. And uh, Josh Emmett, who is not in the top fifteen at all. Um, I mean, props to Lamas for taking this fight because I feel like th- these are the fights that you don't. As somebody ranked as high as him, like you, you could have easily shrugged this off and be like, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not fighting this dude. He's not even, you know. But he took the fight. Um, yeah, as you kind of alluded to earlier, uh, Lamas had a very <laughs> kick-heavy offense, uh, kind of played the outside, leg kicks, body kicks, um, head kicks, a few jabs here and there, but yeah, a lot, really, just really kick-heavy offense, and Emmett would blitz every now and then, kind of more so throwing power shots, and then the moment of truth, <laughs> I think Lamas stepped in for like an inside leg kick. Um, outside leg kick, but outside leg kick, and I, th- I feel like he tried to throw something after it, but it didn't matter because he, <laughs> he got caught with a left hook and so just basic striking one hundred and one, and I've had the problems with this in the past when I used to kickbox, but um, when you throw a leg kick, even like those power outside leg kicks to the lead leg of your opponent, you don't turn your head away from your opponent. You know, like you move it, but you keep your eyes on your opponent. Like Lamas, like shelled up or something, like between his hands and like turned completely. Yeah, he away. like ducked. He like not ducked, but he kind of like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And um, Emmett was just like in prime position to like, he, he like he got everything on that left hook. <laughs> All his leg, like, all the weight was on his lead leg when he started, and it was on his back leg when he ended. And, my, like, Lamas try, was 
like you said, Lamas was about like in the motion of throwing his own left hook, but it had nowhere near the steam. Mm. Like his footwork was like nowhere f- close for it to be like a re- like a really solid power shot, and like, yeah, no, Emmett just, yeah, no, like that was um. That was the closest thing you're going to see at featherweight to what uh, Nganu did to over him. Yeah, like his head bounced like three times off the canvas so, when, he, when he. It was bad. It was uh, it was bad. It, it was like the Yuri Akatara uh, knockout to Lamas, but like in reverse because Akatara with the opposite hand. Oh God! Like. Oh, I mean, this would be so much bigger for Emmett too if he had made weight. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's kind of the one thing that because he he he's a big featherweight man. That dude's really thick. Yeah, and apparently he yeah. cut weight. Like, he stopped cutting weight like ninety minutes before weighing. That's what I I read. So, like he still had time to make weight, but I guess it was just a bad cut. But uh, that's yeah. yeah no, nah, like. And he said he would be down for a rematch because of like he missed weight, so that's good on him, I guess. Well, we'll see, but yeah, either way, um, that's that's still a, a pretty big upset. A guy who was not ranked in the top fifteen comes in and just starches, <laughs> starches Ricardo Lamas. Um, see, that's the one. Th- that's the one thing about this fight. Like Lamas, like Lamas is the ultimate opportunist. Like Emmett's not like Knight or Oliveira or um, even Swanson, who can who in pre like in previous years has been this a bit of a wild man and will give up a lot of opportunities to counter and stuff like that. Like like Emmett is a f- sound fighter in that he does not give you a lot of opportunities. You have to like take them from him and. I guess that's something in like hindsight that shows here because Lamas is like an Lamas is like the ultimate opportunist, but he's only an opportunist if you give him the opportunity. He doesn't make his own. Well, he um, yeah, I, I don't even know what else to. <laughs> I was, I was when that when that KO happened. I was looking at the screen like, oh, like that that happened. He's he's out. Yeah. He's, there's nothing else to say, man. Like, so if they don't do the Lamas Emmett rematch, are you down with Emmett Ortega for for the winner of a uh, Holloway uh, Edgar? See, I w- I was thinking about that. I guess so, because I wanted to say I feel like Ortega's kind of earned his shot, and that he doesn't really. Could be me being biased, also. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I guess I'm not mad at that. But I, I don't know. Look, I feel like Ortega kind of. I feel like he put his stamp. Like he should be. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you, you, Emmett just literally floored the number three dude. The number three dude who beat the guy that Ortega had just beat. Yeah. So. Like it, it, I, I'd rather Ortega get another fight instead of us waiting like five, six months for him to get back. Like that's that is that's my only that thing. Is. Like, and like best to get another training camp in before you have to fight Max Holloway. 
who I yeah. who I think is going to beat the crap out of Edgar, which pains me because I'm a Jersey guy, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Actually, well, yeah, I'm I'm not mad at that fight actually. That that and I guess the good thing about that is you know no matter who wins, we we finally get a definitely like a fresh face. Like we're, we're not. We won't see Max against like a veteran that we've seen fight thirty times already. Like many <laughs> other people in this division, in this top ten, who he's already beaten. Right. So yeah, and, and in that respect, yeah, I, I guess it, it would be cool. So and I, I guess for Emmett, man, Tom is everything because Emmett's like thirty two. So not 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 to say his window's closing. Lamas is thirty five, and he's been hanging around the top five for forever and a day. Um. Yeah, no, I, I guess I'm not mad at that. And who knows, like, I mean, we've seen Emmett fight. He, he's been in the UFC for, what, I think four or five, maybe six fights already. Yeah. So, I don't know, yeah, I, I'm not mad at that fight. I probably would still pick Ortega. Mm-hmm. But, at, if you know, you start the number three dude, if if, if they want to give you a contender fight, I mean, I, I can't really argue against it. You, you knocked out the number three dude in an emphatic fashion, so... Yeah, why not? Because, we, I mean, we don't know how the, the Holloway and Frankie fight's going to go. We don't know what injuries could or may happen to either one of them. So, And that, that would probably be a fun fight either way. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I'm not mad at that. This might have been um, upset of the year had it not been for uh, Rose Namajunas. So, like, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that's been this, I don't even say shocking, but, like, unheralded dude knocks out number three man in division right like <laughs> boldly knocks him out like no question like no this wasn't a fluke or some lucky punch like yeah he he, he killed him he killed him but hey man 145 killers everywhere <laughs> no but shout out to team alpha male Rick, Roman. Jason Knight had to have his career destroyed by Ricardo Lamas for this moment to be brought to us. <laughs> uh, life, life comes full circle. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Josh Emmett, man. Awesome KO. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm curious to see what what he does do next. Um, next fight. So, ah. Santiago, Pontanibio, and Mike Perry. Before we get oh. into the fight, can I just say I'm very happy Mike Perry didn't win? Not because not because I don't like Mike Perry, which I don't, but because I was really <laughs> afraid that Mike Perry would win and we would get Mike Perry versus Colby Covington on tough. <laughs> and this sport would be set back like 20 years because of it. That would have been the most obnoxious like build up to a fight. Oh man, that that uh, I don't even know. And the thing is, like that fight at some point is probably gonna happen. Probably. And that would be a fight. I'm like, who am I supposed to root for in this? Who who do I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ponzi put that the rest though, at, at least for the time being. But. You know, who knows what the future holds. But anywho, um, yeah, Santiago Ponzinibbio, Mike Perry, a lot of people were anticipating this fight. Chase Sherman's um, manager was making bets on Twitter in Chase Sherman's name. <laughs> was this the fight where he was like, if this fight doesn't end in KO, I'll take a punt from Nganu with my hands tied behind my back or something? Yep. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I mean, you, I don't say you came close to KO. They, they were definitely landing bombs on each other, but um, uh, props to Mike Perry, man. The dude's chin is made of some some other stuff. Oh, man. I'm sorry. My nose is starting to get, like, stuffed up. Like, he, he might be, like, the Florida man of MMA. Like, he, he he's, like, a legit, the legit Florida man meme. But the dude, the dude is, like, a legit, like, tough-ass dude. Like, you can't take that from him. Yeah, like, he ate a lot of shots, but he never stopped moving forward. Not at all. Yeah, like, dude is, he's one of those, like, zombie slash, like, machine <laughs> kind of fighters. Like, if, if you don't, you have to, like, put him out, put him out, because he just, he doesn't go away. Well, actually, nobody's put him out. I don't think he's been. He's not been stopped. Yeah, he's never been stopped. So, and. Like, we're definitely seeing, like, his limitations. And the thing is, like, it's not like he can't move past that. Like, um, he is, like, a ridiculously good, like, surprisingly good athlete. He's not just a dude, like, a Chris, a Chris Lieben type. Like, like, this dude, a lot of this man's power comes from his ability to, like, get maximum leverage on his, um, like, on his hips. And just, like, his straight athleticism, because he's explosive as shit. Yeah, he, he, they, he was just winging. Like my, my only, I guess, like problem with Perry is that I feel like, and it, it kind of shows in this fight. Not that Ponsonibio is like a super duper technical, you know, guy, but I just think Perry, Perry to me is in that box of like if he can't put you away, then I don't know really what his other like options are and especially if you're fighting a guy who's probably like a bit more technical than you and a bit more well-rounded yeah and who mixes up his attack more because ponzi was really they both were like perry perry was landing that right hand he jabbed ponzi nibio's face until it just started bleeding all over the place <laughs> but like ponzi did a good job we mentioned earlier like leg kicks were themed throughout this card ponzi battered him with leg kicks even yeah. even early when he like he lost the first round, but he was investing in those leg kicks, and they they paid off. Like they definitely, you could tell by like the mid second and third, like he was feeling them every time they landed, and then Ponzi was doing a good job, like leg kick followed up with a right and a left, throwing combinations. A couple times he got prey against the fence, like he he was he he tagged prey a, a really he just he had a really good output. Yeah. Like, he was just staying busy. Um, but Perry was in his face, though. Like, he wasn't... It, it felt like I was waiting for that moment. I was like, I don't know, Perry might still be able to land. Because he, he caught him with, like, a, a big right at one point. But, yeah, I just think Ponzi just was kind of just technically more sound. Yeah. He, he can eat, Yeah, he can eat a good shot. And he was... He threw just... It, it seemed like so much more. And... Which is crazy, because yeah. Perry was tired as fuck. Like, they both were, but, like, Bonzanibio was still, like, moving towards the end of the fight. If he was getting a little bit more flat-footed, like, but Perry, Perry was, like, winded. Like, he like the, he was way more flat-footed by the end. Um, and it's crazy, because this is still improvement for Perry. Like, he, he, like, the kicking, especially, where he was able to keep Bonzanibio in front of him for pieces, like... Stretches of time where he was able to jab with him, and he was able to like maybe not land fully with that big right hand, but uh, like 
He was able to, you know, because anytime he touched Ponzinibbio with that, like, big overhand shot, like, Ponzinibbio's whole body would, like, just, like, shoot across the ring or the cage. Like, it, like he felt it even when he landed on the shoulder. But Ponzinibbio sucked the game plan. My fav- The favorite thing he did is, uh, that he was doing was, um, he would, like, Perry's head movement was on point, but a lot of it didn't lead to, like, a, a like a counter. Or it would put him in position, like, a position where, like, even if he did throw a counter, like, it, it wouldn't, Ponzinibbio had time to react. So he would get, uh, like, he would get Perry to move his head, like, three or four times to a position where, like, Perry was either squared up or, like, just so low in his stance. Because that's what's the thing with Perry. Like, he likes to crouch when he moves his head. And he kept crouching and crouching until he was, like, in a little ball. And Ponzinibbio would drop a two on him and then just skirt out the way. And actually, <laughs> I have the third round up now. Why are you even talking about it? I f- forgot to mention that back fist that Ponzi landed. Oh my god! In the I forgot third. all about that. That's what won him the fight because he was losing. Oh my he god! He was on his way to losing the round, and then he hits him with a spinning back fist that turns yeah. like a arm or something. Because he ate he ate a right hand and he got backed up, and then like Perry tried to rush him and he just. <laughs> Out of nowhere, spinning back fist. The craziest part about that is like he doesn't follow through with it. He lands and like spins back the other way. Yeah, that was props to Perry though, man. Like, cause that that was a that was a pretty clean shot, and he, I mean, he went down, but like he never went out, man. Like, dude, dude has a a a ton of heart. Yep. Um. Yeah. This this was just a, a nasty mean just really grueling <laughs> kind of brawl which I, I guess is pretty much what what people had hoped for what people expected so especially toward like the second and the third when it, it picked up a bit more so yeah I, I feel like if if you wanted a brawl between these two like you definitely got it both of them were landing good shots we had knockdowns and any everything you could have wanted in a nice bloody fight you you pretty much got in this um, what's next for Ponzi? He's been been doing pretty, pretty, pretty well as a league. I mean, he's an honorary Brazilian, so he could also beat up Kobe Covington if we really wanted to. Dude, he is on a tear. Yeah, no, he's on like the one of the longest of uh, winning streaks in the division. It's like him yeah, and Usman. Two, three, four, five, six fight win streak. Yep. And this is all within the last two years. Dude, stays active. Yo, he's fought... This is his third fight this year. He fought three times this year, twice last year, three times in 2015. Yeah, he, he stays... Yeah. <laughs> this dude stays busy. And, like, these are pretty quality wins that he, he has. So, yeah, man. Shout-out to Ponzi out here. Um, Maybe give him the winner of Condit Magni... Um, Usman needs a real opponent eventually. Like respect to ML Meek, but like he is one fight in the UFC, and his best win is Paul Harris, who you know, (laughs) who is Paul Harris? Paul Harris is a coin flip, no matter who he's fighting. So, um, like so maybe do the Usman fight. 
for the win uh, for the winner of whatever. Maybe do Darren Till. Pons versus Darren Till. That'd be a great fight. Um, I already said Covington. But I'm sure um, Wonderboy needs up on it. Like, he just can't stay inactive. Granted, I think Wonderboy said he can't fight in February, so. I like the Usman fight only because I feel like nobody really wants <laughs> those issues. Uh, and I think Ponzi would take that fight. Oh, yeah. And it would, pa- Ponzi it would seems, definitely be entertaining. Ponzi seems like the type of dude who fight, done the fight anybody. Yeah. So, and Usman's been needing just to fight somebody because nobody seems to want those issues in their lives. Not that I blame them. Apparently, but... they've offered <laughs> Usman to, like, everybody, and everybody's turned it down, so. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows what could potentially, <laughs> what could potentially happen. But, yeah, man, shout out to Ponzi. Great, just nice, bloody brawl. Um, I'm sure Perry will be back. He just seems like the kind of guy that, He's gonna, you know, they'll 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 keep him around forever. He will be a PP uh, a pay per view curtain jerker or a Fox mainstay for years to come. Yeah, just because he he's either gonna knock somebody out or if he loses, it's gonna be a nice bloody mess, you know, affair. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely be seeing uh, more from both of these guys. I'm pretty sure in the near future. Um, and to round out the main card, Glover Teixeira. Misha Serkinov, uh, moral of this story, um, stop sending your lo- your young guys to Glover thinking they're going to be the next big thing because he is shooing the young boys away. Um, I will say, uh, Serkinov looked way better on the feet than he has. He did. Granted, I think that's partly because Glover Teixeira has like, decayed as a striker. He hasn't looked good since... Uh, I don't know. Like I guess Rashad Evans, but like Rashad Evans hasn't looked good in years either. So, just like he wasn't really like pulling the trigger. Yeah, and, and like I, like I think this is part of being old. Like he's been knocked out a few times now. Like it's just harder and harder for him to like get that rhythm of the fight, and it's really starting to like wear on his ability to stand with people, but. Yeah, because Misha, Misha tagged him a few good licks. And <laughs> it seemed like after he got tagged, Glover was like, all right, man, let's stop this this nonsense. And it <laughs> took him down. Um, the double underhook literally goes one way for the foot sweep, doesn't get it, goes the other way, gets it. <laughs> and Zerganov is supposed to be like a national level, like in Canada anyway, like a national level judoka. Like, he's a legit geo guy. So, like, that confused the hell out of me because, like, he just got tossed. Yeah. And once he got taken down, like, he almost got rear naked choke, but uh, Glover only had it on the chin, so he got out of it. But then... Can we talk about that really <laughs> quick? Because tonight was a night of just, like, really confusing bad grappling uh, by, like, uh, the guy on bottom. Because in this fight, you have... Serkinov, who is about to get rid naked choke, Glover locks in the top hand, and Serkinov is still pushing his arm up, as opposed to going up for the top hand so that he can get rid of the like the pressure. Right. In the um, who, who was it? The bull, the Buffando fight. Just like oh. the dude doesn't know how to bridge. 
Yeah, he, he looked kind of lost when he was down, when he was at the bottom. And in the Mark in the Marcus fight, he's made the same mistakes that um Serkinov did, but it, like they both I guess worked out less so for Serkinov. But like it's just really bad grappling from the bottom today. Yeah, he yeah once he got taken down, like it was almost like immediately over, and then Glover takes his back. He's kind of beats on him for a few seconds. And that was it, man. Glover's getting these young guys out of here, you know. Like, Glover might not be able to strike with anybody anymore. He might not be, like, the one-punch KO dude he was when he showed up. But he's still the dude who is a good enough wrestler to get vice to the ground. And such an amazing grappler that none of these other dudes really stand a chance. Like, he, he so far, he's knocked the steam off of OSP, Cannoneer, Serkinov. Uh, crap, who's the last dude he beat? Um, Pat, oh, pa- Patrick Cummins. Pat Cummins. <laughs> and there was a fifth guy. Um, do, 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 I don't know if you count, do you count Tahuna? No. Uh, he got Bader out of there. Crap, because... Yeah, because his, his, his last wins are Serkinov, Cannonier, Evans, Cummins, OSP, Bader, Tahuna, Rampage... Maldonado, Kingsbury. Oh, so that's all. All right, all right. So, so, <laughs> so he's knocked out four prospects, basically. Yeah, he's he's getting. They they send the young guys over, and uh, he he kicks them out. He you you come on his lawn, he gets off his porch, and he gets you out of there. Whoops your ass. <laughs> go ba- goes back to you know sitting sitting in his chair. All right. <laughs> you don't got time for you kids. But um, and then <laughs> he has the friendliest call out. <laughs> <laughs> of Cormier, you know, so we're old guys, we're old school. I didn't realize, man, he's got the grays in his beard, man. That's that's that. Dude, he's like thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, he's like thirty nine. Dude, man is old, but he's still getting wins. Yep. Like, who the hell do you even have him fight anymore? Like, he can't. I don't know. He, he can't beat Gus. Like, we that's fairly established. Like. I know they're teasing Johnson coming back, but that was at, like, heavyweight. So, like, he's not coming back. Um, like... Are him and, him and Shogun aren't training? Are they partners right now? Um, I think they, I think they are. Like, uh, to, like, an extent. Like, I'm not sure. So then the only other person, really, you could throw in would be Manoa. Like, in Manoa, DC, and Uzdemir. And Manoa's coming off a loss, I think. Like I guess you could do the Bohovich fight. Yeah, he's probably the only other, <laughs> the only other two o five er who's still. What's what's Latifi doing? Did he just lose? Yeah, oh, he's fighting OSP. Okay, all right. So there he is. They're tied up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Glover's beat pretty much all of the the young up and comers. He's gotten them on out of there. So. I don't know. Why is Little Nog still reigning? Because he's he's alive. <laughs> when is the last time? I feel like I haven't seen him in like three years. It's probably been less than that, but like... Uh, I always get, he, when I see his name, I'm like, why is he still here? I want to say his last fight was like Shogun. Oh, man. Let me see. When is Little Nog's last? He fought Shogun to a decision. Unlike Volante, who just got knocked out. Uh, 
Oh no, his last fight. Oh no, no. his last fight was losing to Bader. Ah. Uh, oh, that was that was last year. Oh well, that was sad. I forgot all about yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know what you do with Glover next. Like, if you give him a young guy, he probably turns him away, and you don't want that. Just sign like fifty guys from for like heavyweight. Like they don't even have to be good. Like just get fifty guys. Like get them some money so they can get like a training camp going behind them, and maybe one of them be good in like a year or two. Like maybe you look out. But man, one of you middleweights needs to <laughs> needs to get up here. See, this is why I'm mad at Kelvin Gastelum because he couldn't knock out Chris Weidman because Chris Weidman might be a heavyweight right now. Yeah, yeah. like Glover to share yeah. Chris Weidman would be a good fight. Yeah. Well, well. We'll see. Yeah, two two or five has some. I would hate to be a matchmaker in that division. That's a that's a puzzling <laughs> division to like try to figure out. It's not even puzzling. So, it's just like they. It feels like they've given up on it. Yeah, like everybody's fought. All the old guys have fought each other already multiple like, times. <laughs> and it's like it's not really. It's not a lot of interesting matchups to really to make. There's not a lot of but, interesting fighters. It's like. Corm is Cormier. Uh, it's Gustafson. It's Uzdemir, who, like, arguably should have lost to OSP. Like, like he's been on a tear since. Don't get me wrong, but like, we just saw Serkinov get the sh- <laughs> like get the crab beat out of him again. Um, and Jimmy Manoa. So who knows? Well, Just, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Two oh five one two oh five. That's 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 the moral of that story. Remember, <laughs> remember when this division was the glory division? Right. <laughs> like this was this was like the premier, like everybody anybody who was anybody was in two oh five. And then it just like Is this all John Jones's fault? No. Do you like I don't know what it was about the 90s and, like, early 2000s, but, like, it just was a better environment for um, heavyweights, like, in kickboxing and in MMA. Um, I I don't know what was in the water, like, during the 80s and 90s. (laughs) Like, and and, and a lot of it's weight cutting, because, like, Yoel Romero, um, Luke Rockhold, Chris Wyman... Like, those guys would be 205ers if this was 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with heavyweight. Like, that, that like, the this wellspring of heavyweights from kickboxing dried up. Same with, like, jujitsu because, guy, like, guys like Nag aren't winning tournaments anymore. It's, like, Bouchesha and, like, Roger Gracie. Um, we haven't, like... All, not all of them, but a lot of the heavyweights who come over from wrestling have kind of like fizzled out a little bit. Like Steve Mako, like where are you? Um, <laughs> I guess there's still still Tyrone uh, Tyrell Fortune and like Curtis Blades, but like when's the last time an NCAA you know four time division champion from the heavyweight division has come to the like MMA? It, like Cole Conrad. And he left. Yeah, he got out of here. Because he realized it was stupid and he could go sell, like, farm equipment for more money. 
I don't know. I guess the tide just turns, like, because back in the day, like, especially in boxing, like, heavyweight was the thing, and now it seems like the little guys. Well, are... the, the in all fairness, like, heavyweight in boxing is ninety five percent of the time is shit. Like, it like going all the way back to Joe Jackson, like, heavyweight ninety five percent of the time is garbage. Like, there was that one era where like Muhammad Ali and um, like George Foreman and like. Joe Frazier and like all those dudes just piled onto the sea and they gave this illusion that like heavyweight was like this illustrious thing. But there are literally like 20, 15 year periods between every great heavyweight you know where heavyweight is just garbage. Like if you go back and watch some of the dudes that Joe Lewis fought, and Joe Lewis is my favorite <laughs> heavyweight of all time, but like Tony Tuton, who's literally just like a 5'5 five, five fat guy. <laughs> with a chin like <laughs> oh man but like like everybody gets one era like every sport gets like one era of like really good heavyweights and then like the rest is just shit MMA uh, has just peaked early I think it's just this is the decade of the little guys, man. I think the, the little guys got shunned for a long time, and now they're they're taking over. It could just be that too. It just could be like we we now know what like like prime athletes look like. All right. So, what like the mid the middle of light heavyweight doesn't seem any as impressive anymore. Yeah. It's it's well. I, I guess transition to. Mid tier <laughs> light heavyweights. Oh no, these both guys are both ranked though. Actually. I mean, like number fifteen. There's like twenty nine guys in the light heavyweight division, so these guys are literally mid tier. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jan Blahowitz and Jared Cannonier. Um, you know what's bad is I rewatch. I watched this fight like twice, and it still doesn't really stick out to me much. Like I don't remember much of what really happened you see i just feel and you like... know what the funny thing is this is the best win this is the best performance of blavish's career so <laughs> i don't really remember much of it um blavish outboxed out oh, kickbox he out kickboxed jared cannonier who walked him down for 15 minutes but it wasn't until like the third round where he could pull the trigger and even then it just led to him getting taken down yeah, I remember in the third, yeah, he came out kind of urgent. He landed a few good right hands, but you know, it was kind of a too little, too late kind of thing. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess shout-outs to Jan. I mean, he's, you know. He's, fa- he's he, found he's, his ground because he was losing a lot. Yeah. And, like, he was on the precipice of getting, like, kicked off the UFC and going back to KSW. Oh, Tweet of the Night, by the way. Um, God, what was it? Uh, can we trade Jan Bajovic back to KSW for um, Cobra Coast, Kleist, and uh, a neo-Nazi to be named later? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shout out to Jan. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was the guy who choked out Devin Clark with, like, that standing... Yeah, that uh, bulldog yeah, that choke. Him. Yeah, <laughs> he little bro him. 
Oh man, shout out to Jan. I mean, Jan's only 34 at heavyweight. That's like being 21. So I mean, he's light heavyweight, bro. Oh yeah, like eh, same same difference. Okay. I mean, none of like, it. Like none of it matters. All right. <laughs> one day when D- Daniel Cormier retires, we're gonna be Jan Blavich versus Alexander Gustafsson for the title. <laughs> oh, That's man. where I'm at today. But... <laughs> like. And credit to him. Like I said, he did well behind the jab, and he kicked well, and he did all the things you're supposed to do. But it wasn't like I'm lighting the division on fire type deal. Yeah, just you know, a solid guy who you know he'll, he'll put up a good fight. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he I don't know really wild anybody. But even still, at 205, anybody who has any kind of steam going, I, I try to support. You know, and he's a talented fighter. It's not like he's just some scrub out there. Like he's a talented dude. It's, it just wasn't his night. Yeah, it just wasn't the most like you know, wasn't the wildest fight, but still solid win nonetheless. So, shout out to Jan. Um, next fight, pretty pretty wild. <laughs> Julian Marquez, Darren the Dentist Stewart. I don't know why I keep remembering his nickname. He fought recently, didn't he? Uh, it was yeah, I think so. I don't. Oh yeah, he fought Roberson on the Poirier Pettis card. Oh man, he's lost three straight. Yep. Jesus. That's, that's what happens when you come to UFC and you're really only good for being really strong and really fast. Yeah. I mean, both these guys pretty much <laughs> emptied the tank um, right away. Probably one of probably I think they got a bonus for this fight. I can't so remember. I've called this division like the tough dad division, like middleweight. But I, I think the bar fight division also fits it aptly. Because <laughs> everybody who fights in it looks like they'll be like they would get in a bar fight if they could. I mean, this was it was this was like this was just a, a slugfest of just yeah, both men coming forward, both men throwing. I think I feel like Stewart in the beginning was probably landing a lot more. Yeah. He had um, Martinez yeah. hurt, like, several times. Hurt. Like, hurt, hurt. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, either one of these guys, like, showed it. Like, Stewart is tough as shit. Because he, he, yeah. he ate some bombs, like, in the second round. Marquez, too, but Stewart ate them when he was tired. Yeah, man. That, I think Marquez's beard power <laughs> was, was the difference. Yeah, you could tell, like, by that second, man, Stewart was, I mean, he was still throwing, but, you know, that that tank was definitely, it was, it was getting close to E, and I almost feel like he kind of just, like, fell into that guillotine, like, he was well, just... Well, he got, he got hit with the knee before, right? Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, he did. He got hit with the knee, and then, I think that he, that knee hurt him a lot more than, like, the commentators, like... Hold on. Metal, yeah, because, like, if you look at it after he got kneed, he literally just, he kind of just fell into it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he was out or if he was just stunned, but that knee definitely hurt him because he, he fell, like, right into that choke. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't even think he tapped. I think he got put to sleep. No, no he tapped. Sure. He, he tapped. tapped. But, Ran, yeah. Round Marcus's ass. So. Uh. <laughs> Shout out to Marquez. Um, yeah, that was a really, yeah, it really was. It was just like a bar fight that ended in a chokehold, and then uh, Marquez called out Woodley to challenge him to see who has the best beard in the UFC. So, um, you know, <laughs> take take that for what it's worth. 
pretty sure they'll bring Marquez back just because. Dude, Dana loved him off the show when he beat up um, Phil Hayes. So, like, Marquez is one of those dudes, like, play his cards right. He's going to have a job for a while. Long as, that chi- as long as that chin holds up. Holds up, yeah. I don't know how long you want to keep eating punches like that, but. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice in this podcast. Yeah. I'm dying every fight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, shout out to Marquez. That was a pretty, pretty, pretty entertaining uh, brawl between those two. Oh, going back to the theme of um, not so great grappling, <laughs> Chad LaPreeze, uh, Galore Bufando. Uh, if you guys are listening, you will remember Galore from the um, Slam KO from last year against, oh no, that was this year actually, um, against Charlie Ward, in which he just threw a man on his face <laughs> and just like knocked him out. Um, yeah, Bufando came out. Uh, very MVP-esque, I, I would say. Um, lots of just weird movement, dancing around, kind of having fun. Um, at one point, he landed a pretty nice... Oh, that three-piece, yeah. Yeah, he gave him a, the two-piece with the with the biscuit on the side. <laughs> Dropped him. Uh, he went for some ground and pound, but uh, Laprise still kind of had his wits about him. I think he tried to like lock up a leg or something, and Bufano just got back up. And then, um, yeah, the, when, when he, how did he get taken down? I'm trying to remember. How so the priest stands back up. They, 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 they paw each other for a little bit. The priest grabs the clinch and literally just hits a trip takedown. Like, like it was nothing. And then mounts him immediately. So it was, it was literally like a foot sweep. And it was like, when he was on the bottom, it was almost like it was somebody drowning who had no idea how to swim. Yeah. Like, he was just he was just at the bottom. He got mounted, and he just got beat on. And like, like, he kept trying to do the thing where you toss your legs around your opponent from the bottom. Yeah, to try to, like, get their arms. But, yeah, I don't know what. That I works mean, if you're, like, the long fighter type. Like, if you're, like, Rose right. Namajunas, you can make that work. But, like, this is 2017. How do people still not know how to buck and roll? Yeah, like, he never, he didn't try to, like, move his hips, really. He didn't, I mean, some dudes will at least, you know, they'll give up their back, which isn't always the best thing to do, but sometimes that can still work. You can find your way at least back on your feet. But, yeah, like, he just didn't try any of that. Like, he just kept kicking his feet out or up. <laughs> And when that didn't work, like, he didn't really have a backup. Yeah, like, the, like he didn't even try to, like, get, uh, like, force um, the priest to, like, move down his, like, to get, like, to lower his guard a little bit. Like, where, like, <clears throat> he could um, move the priest closer to his hips, and, as opposed to having a priest sitting on his chest. Like, it was just so, it was so bad. This is a weird matchup. I don't know why they made it. Like, besides maybe to give like Lapriz a win at home, um, because, like Buffando's only win in the UFC is Charlie Ward, and Charlie Ward was like three and three when they fought or something, like three and three, three and two. And I I know like everybody loves that highlight reel of Ward being tossed on his face. But um, 
if your best win is a guy being tossed on his face in your UFC debut on a prelim card in like the UK, you're probably not ready for Chad Lapriz. Yeah. And yeah, Chad Lapriz definitely showed who was more <laughs> well-rounded, who had much more experience. Like, yeah, I mean, good for the three-piece, but after that, the fight just pretty much went downhill. Like, Buffondo um, needs a lot of work. I, like, I don't know if he was on Tough or, like, McManor was watching a UCMMA show and just saw him, like, lynch some, like, like, freaking lace somebody or something. But, like, I don't know how he's in the UFC this early in his his career with, like, a 5-2 and two record or whatever. I mean, from from what I saw of, like, the highlights before he got signed, he just seemed like one of those really flashy kind of guys, so I guess they figured, you know. Well, the thing is, they have, the, like, UCMMA has had guys like that before. Like, Michael Venom Page was one of those dudes. He didn't get signed to the UFC. Um, there was this other dude who was, like, 16-0 and 0 before he lost that fought exclusively for UCMMA. Um, Gazar something... And, like, he was another one of those dudes, a really flashy, explosive striker, like, really serious KO power and really versatile. But, like, once you brought it to the ground, he was not any good. So, like, he's... He, uh, for those who don't know, UCMMA is really weird. They have... They're, they're like... A, they're... How do I explain their rule set? Like, they're... It's not MMA. It's barely MMA. Like if you get knocked down, you don't go to the ground. Like you have, you're forced to stand back up. <laughs> They're trying to keep the violence going. Yeah, like it's it's really weird. Like a lot of the karate dudes in um the UK like use it to like make their resumes look a little better than they actually are. So I don't know. Um, props to the praise. Who continues to look solid at heavyweight? Uh, not play welterweight. I forgot. It. Is this he was he he came up from lightweight? Wait, yeah. But there's I think it's a second or third fight at um welterweight. Yeah, well we'll, we'll see. Yeah, he, he's definitely a really really talented dude. Um, good way to just. You know, show some resiliency, ate some mean shots, but you know, came back and put 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 old boy on his back and just kind of just sunned him. <laughs> but um, yeah, shout, shout out to Chad Lapriz. Uh, that was a really good win. Um, next fight, oh boy, Nordine Taleb and Danny Roberts. This one hurt. Oh, whew. um, man, I don't remember much of the fight just until that last sequence and like it was only a minute long i think right yeah this yeah yeah 59 seconds like the 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 kick that taleb landed like it didn't even land with the shin it landed all with the foot foot and it that must have been like the hardest foot slap kick like and you could tell man after he got kicked like if that cage wasn't there he would have been done because his, like, right leg was all the way stretched out like he was about to fall out. He had to, like, grab onto the cage to, like, not fall over. 
And then he just eats this mean, violent right hand afterwards and just flops to the floor. Um, I think he ate a few follow-up punches, which probably didn't even need to happen. And, yeah, he was out, man. Like, And then he, he got up really angry. I, I don't know if he just popped back up. But you could even tell, like, when he got lifted back to his feet, he was still wobbly. Like, I don't... He probably didn't realize, like, how bad it actually was. But, yeah, man. He, he got floored. Danny Roberts got... He, he got floored, man. It was... Ugh. Yeah, not not yeah. a good um showing for uh, Danny Roberts. And I, I think he was upset because, like, that's kind of his MO at this point. Like, get hurt, continues to fight. But, like, the forearm he, that he got destroyed with was straight out of, like, like WWE. Like, clean across, like, the chin. Ugh. Um... I don't know, like, this was apparently the last fight on Nordine Taleb's contract. I find it funny that once, um, like, at 30-something years old, like, mid to late 30s, last fight of his UFC contract, Taleb is, or last fights of his UFC, like, contract, Taleb is kind of turned into, like, a finisher. Because, uh, he finished Eric Silva last year. Uh, uh, no oh, man, that that fight did happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, props to him. I I guess he's like, I guess he. I don't know if he realized that like the UFC wasn't gonna bring him back if he wasn't like, if he if there was nothing to bring back, you know, if uh, he was just gonna be like a boring guy who they brought who they trotted out every time they go to Canada. Um, but um. You know, this is a really solid way to go into your free agency, I guess. Um, damn, I just feel bad for Danny Roberts. I really like Danny Roberts. Yeah, like, he's a he's a good fighter. He like, just gets hurt too much. Yeah, man, he just seems to be... It's one of those dudes that just somehow ends up on the wrong end. I mean, he, he's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. I think 2-2. 3-2. 3-2. and two. Two. So I mean, like I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be back, but it's just like the losses that he had are just like they're just like ooh, like like maybe you shouldn't be doing this anymore type deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like yeah, like as as good as the wins can be, the losses are just like man, like why are, why are they doing you like this? Yeah. Like that that. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he'll be back, man. He'll 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 be back. Um, but good good win for Talib. Uh, <laughs> Foot slapping people. <laughs> like, Shout out to TriStar, who's kind of, um, after a less than stellar year, kind of put, getting things together. Like, uh, who won? Laprise won. I think he's a TriStar dude still. He might have moved. No, he's still a TriStar dude sometimes. Um, Laprise won. Taleb won. Uh, what's his name? Won. Alex Garcia won not too long ago. GSP, obviously. Like, uh, Rory McDonald's had a rebound year, um, so you know, good times. Yeah, man, head kicks solve all problems. <laughs> um, moving on down the ladder, uh, John McDessie and Abel uh, Trujillo. Um, oh yeah, McDessie's tri-star, right? Uh, I don't think anymore. Even during the no, during the fight, he said he's he's a Rufus Sport now. 
Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, he uh, he, he got it done <laughs> in this uh, in this fight. Um, my memory kind of eludes me with this fight too. Also, I, I just remember like McDessie had some pretty. I feel like he didn't get hit a lot. In no, fight. he didn't. Like at all. Like he, <laughs> this dude has some really, and I think they even mentioned it during the broadcast. Like considering some of the high level people that he's fought, like he still managed to not get, you know, he doesn't get hit that often, but he has been on the the end of some bad KOs, but yeah, but overall, like the dude has some pretty, pretty solid defense, really good striker, lots of spinning techniques. It's um, one of the best jabs in like lightweight, which he used here to make Trujillo completely lost. Um, also leg kicks. Like, the last um, bit of that leg kick, uh, like, the, the whole thing about leg kicks, like, completely destroyed one of um, Trujillo's legs with constant leg kicks, and Trujillo could not throw any power to save his life, like, during the last stretch of the fight. So, just another solid outing for McDessie. I think Trujillo was kind of pissed. <laughs> well, I'd be, I'd be about pissed, the... too, because... <laughs> Freaking like he kicked him in the nuts and then poked him in yeah. the eye, or vice versa. Yeah. And they had, they feel like they had some words or something at the end. Make told him to show respect. This is martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you bring that garbage to this dojo? <laughs> John McDessie, who's um, whose apparel company still owes like a whole shit ton of fighters a lot of money. <laughs> Oh man, speaking of owing money, that was, that was a bit of like MMA TMZ news. Did you hear about Michael Bisbee? Oh yeah, he got sued for like four hundred thousand dollars. Man, <laughs> that's a lot of money to fork over. No man. wonder he had to like, fight Gastelum. Right, <laughs> he must have known. Oh man, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh boy, that's 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 like I don't know, man. I know you want to retire soon, but you might need some money fights. It's like um. <laughs> Canelo Alvarez, after getting sued, like, before the Triple G fight, was sued for, like, what was essentially all his Floyd Mayweather earnings. Like, he lost, like, eight, ten million dollars. And Golden Boy was like, yeah, you're gonna have to pay that yourself. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's... Protect your pockets. Be be good business people out here, man. If you're wondering why he took the Triple G fight... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't even sleep at night knowing I owe somebody that much money. Like, I, I, I hope I, I don't ever want to know what that feels like. like. Honor your contracts. Make sure be a good person. Make yeah. sure when you sign them that there are no loopholes that can be you know exploited in court. All right. Because um yeah, four hundred k man, especially for an MMA fighter like. I mean, I'm pretty sure Bisbee gets paid pretty well, and as active as he is, I'm sure he's racked up with some some good checks and the GSP. Plus, fight. he's got the probably got a good job where he's just like in the booth. Yeah, but still, 400k though, it's, it's a it's a big lump sum to be handing over. But um, yeah, <laughs> but solid solid win from Magdessi. Um, his next fight. I did- even though it was two rounds, not a lot to talk about. I didn't see most of it. I only saw the end. 
he didn't miss much. Uh, Alessio DiCarico and Oluwale Bambose. Um, this, <laughs> the first round was really weird because they, they mentioned that um, uh, Oluwale was trying to get away from, you know, being that fighter that just goes full head of steam and then just gasses mm-hmm. out. So, you know, he wants to learn to be more patient, yada, yada. Which, you know, I get it. Makes sense. You don't want to gas out early and then end up getting finished late. Um, so he spent a lot of the first round with a lot of movement, but not a lot of action. Like they, they got, both of them got booed after the first round because Alessio would take the center of the octagon and just kind of invite Oluwale in. Meanwhile, Oluwale just kind of dance around on the outside not really, you know, not, not trying to be about that yeah. life. So that was a lot of the first round. I mean, they threw a few strikes, but it, it wasn't anything worth of, worth of note. They both got booed at the end of the first round. And then second round comes, and it's pretty much more of the same thing right up until that finish. And did you did you see the fight in real time, or did you just see like a I saw a highlight. Oh, man. So <laughs> I felt bad because in real time, um, like 10 seconds before the knee happens, they do the, you know how they show the corner man maybe at like the bottom right and they give him his little window at the yeah. bottom? So they showed, <laughs> they had Oluwale's corner man at the bottom right. So, you know, he's out there barking instructions like, you know, you got to move, you got to be more active, blah, 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 blah. And then they get into the clinch and he yells something. And the camera cuts. <laughs> you, you see Oluwale get need. He dies instantly. Like, it's just over. And you see for a brief second, his corner man is still on the screen. And he just, like, he puts his hands, like, over his head. And he's just like, oh. And then it cuts away from him. <laughs> I felt bad for dude. Like, he did. <laughs> like, he did. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Like, he didn't need to be on TV for that. But it, it happened so fast. Like, yeah, they, they clinched. All the while they got need. He face-planted. And that, that was a wrap. Um, so all the while is one in four in the UFC. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah, he is. Been he is. stopped three times. Like it's probably this is probably the end of him in the UFC. Like I feel bad because he really should have spent the last two years fighting in like ring of combat, as opposed to being dragged out here and like beaten by Paulo Costa and like Uriah Hall and Alessio DiCherico. That sucks. Cause I feel like like the tools are there for him. He just needs. He's to, a better camp. That's what he needs. Probably that. That and yeah, he just needs to like hone all of his his skill. But yeah, he got he got thrown in with the big boys and um. Ooh. Yeah, man, that knee was nasty. <laughs> that, knee, that knee was was nasty. But I don't know. I I, I, I want to be optimistic and say. Yeah, this is probably the end of him in the UFC. He'll he'll probably be in another promotion after this. But I, I feel like if he gets it all together, he could probably fight his way back. Uh, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I don't know but, enough about the middleweight scene on the regional scene to be like, you know what, there are other guys who probably make it back, make it there before him, and I'll probably keep him out. But you never know. Like he could end up in Bellator for all we know. Because God knows they need middleweights of any of any type of <laughs> mold. 
or quality. Oh man. So, yeah. And it, it wouldn't be far fetched that <laughs> he goes to Bellator and wins like two fights and he's in the title contender fight. Like I mean, Sakara just fought for a middleweight. Title, I mean, Ever Ruth so. needs an opponent. They just had Chris Dempsey, so why not Oluwale Bembos? Hmm. Another athletic, you know. We'll see, but good good win for uh, Alessio. Um, not the most eventful fight, but it ended in pretty brutal fashion. Um, yeah, anytime you get need and you get face planted, it's not a good thing. Nah, <laughs> not at all. Ah. Uh, the end of this card, Jesus Christ! Last fight, um, <laughs> this matchup just hurt my soul in so many ways. Jordan Mean, Eric Silva. Um, so quick, quick backstory. Um, I purposely tried to avoid this fight. Like I got off of work at three thirty. Uh, card starts at four thirty. So I was like, you know what? If I go home right now, I'll definitely catch all the fights. And then you messaged me and told me this was the first fight. And I was like, you know what? I should probably go to, like, Best Buy or something. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do something so I don't have to watch this fight. And just a side note, man. I kind of forgot that it's, like... I don't know. It's been weird this holiday season. Like, I I don't feel, like, Christmassy. At least, like, that hasn't hit me I haven't felt felt Christmas since I was, like, 16. Yeah, I feel it when I get off of work, but, <laughs> but like, I, I was brutally reminded when I went in that parking lot, and Jesus Christ, I, it took me like 25 minutes just to get into a parking spot, just so I could, you know, do some Christmas shopping, and then I ended up making it home, I got home just in time for like the last round, and so yeah, I can't give full analysis on this fight because I, I only saw the last two rounds. I rewatched it this morning, but the site I rewatched it on only had the last two rounds, and it was only partial of the second round, so I didn't even see the whole second round, just like midway through. But I, I guess from what I gathered, Mean just kind of took him down and beat him up. Silva had little moments on the feet, but nothing too crazy. Um, apparently, from what I was hearing, I, I guess Mean looked more aggressive than he has as of late so you know he and he he said that he felt like that's why he's been losing as of late as he hasn't been aggressive as he should be no i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know i, I just report the news <laughs> but <laughs> either way um this is means first win since like 2014 so you know good on him your first win in about three years um, as for Eric Silva, man, I feel bad for Eric Silva because after he lost all his explosiveness and like athleticism, he became a much better fighter. Like he's legit, like he legitimately has become a much better, at least striker. I don't know about grappler. Like he was always like a weird sprint type grappler. Like the fight he had with um, who was it, Luan Chagas? Yeah, where like he just showed like a tremendous patience as a striker even though yeah it seemed like he's he's been fighting smart yeah, and he fought like... smarter against yancy medeiros but yancy medeiros is made of like brick and mortar right <laughs> <laughs> yeah man silver man this this guy his career man it it hurts it it hurts <laughs> 
it, it's so much like what if and what could have been with him, but it just never seems to all come together. And I mean, I get it. He's only on two fight lose streak, but like I just feel like I feel like his days might be numbered. Like we he's might, also one in four in his last five. Yeah, like this might have been the last of him because from even from the little bit I saw, like this didn't look like a very impressive performance on on his end. Yeah. Um, and I mean, good, good on means he lived to fight another day because had yeah, there's uh, another guy who's looked increasingly fragile. Yeah. And that was kind of the story of this fight and why I didn't want to watch it because th- these are two fighters who I felt like like their stories are the same. Like I was really big fans of these guys early on and I thought both of them would go on to do really great things. Then they fought Matt Brown and, and everything fell apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, both of their careers just did not pan out the way I thought they would, man. Like I remember watching Mean and Strike Force just elbowing the crap out of um cyborg like he put on a lot of good fights man i was a a big fan of this dude um but yeah man both of their careers just kind of i mean i guess i get means because if anybody doesn't know means background this dude's been fighting since he was like 16 like just to put things in perspective mean is 28 me and mean are the same age mean has fought 42 times (laughs) i'm pretty sure he took a year off a year or two Right, like it, like he retired in. Yeah, he retired in twenty sixteen, fifteen, and then he did not fight again until December twenty sixteen. So like he he stopped like he he retired after he lost to Alves, which was in January yeah. twenty fifteen. Took like a year and eleven months off. He came back to fight Emil Weber Meek in 2016, tw- December. So basically, like, by the time this man was, like, what, 26 years old, he'd been fighting for 10 years and had 40-something fights. Probably more, considering that, like, he fought in Canada and, like, there were just smokers that he probably had in between, like, real events. Where he would just like show up at somebody's gym and they would set up chairs and just fight. So like this man probably has like 50, 60 fights as his record. Yeah, this is <clears throat> it's crazy how many times he's fought, but he lives to see another day. He's, he's got his W, so you know, congrats on him. He seemed like he fought a pretty smart fight. He did what he needed to do to get the W uh, for Eric Silva. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like the next time we see him fight, it might not, it might not be in this promotion. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the whole card uh, in its entirety. Um, pretty solid card from from top to bottom. Um, once again, I I can't reiterate enough. I was so appreciative that this card ended so early. Um, so I mean, it, it was a good card, man. The prelims had a lot of KOs, a lot of finishes. Um, main card, you know. A lot of well, a couple of finishes, a really great performance in the main event. It was a pretty, pretty entertaining throughout. I, I can't really complain. Yep, well, I, I hope this one did a decent number. It deserves it. Yeah, yeah like most, we, we we saw people show out. People made names for themselves. Um, but yeah, this this is a pretty dope card. So yeah, that was a uh, UFC on Fox twenty six. Um, not to cut things short. 
but I have to see Star Wars in a few hours. So, <laughs> I guess we'll just get on over to parting shots and, and shout-outs. Um, oh, I think I wrote mine down. Let me, let me pull mine up. Uh, so, I only have two, really. Um, Vitaly Minikov fought recently against Tony Johnson. He is now 21-0, and 0, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Um, probably outside of the UFC, easily one of the best heavyweights who, former Bellator champ, but that situation got weird. I forgot even what happened with that. Minakov is technically still under Bellator contract, but he's been fighting in fight nights for like two years now. Right. (laughs) So... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with his contract. I thought at one point he was coming to the UFC, but I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with his contract. Every few months, he, um, what's his name? Scott Coker is like, yeah, we're bringing them in. Yeah, and then he doesn't yeah. show up. And newsflash, he's not in that tournament either. So, <laughs> but shout to him, man. Still, still one of the best heavyweights out of the outside of the UFC. Still undefeated. So, uh, shout to him and a KO that hopefully I'll remember. When I post this podcast, to leave a link in the description. Um, it was a KO. Um, oh, God, what's the card? Was that an ACB card? The Alexander? Uh, no, it was like a GME or a GFC or something like that. Like It's, it's one of those weird European yeah. cards. I'll, I'll try to remember, but um, uh, the gentleman's name is Alexander Shabili. Um, he KO'd a dude named Miroslav Strabok. Um very nasty, <laughs> really clean uppercut KO um, that I just thought would be worth mentioning. If I can remember, I'll leave it in the description. It, it was a nasty, just one-shot, walk-away <laughs> KO. Um, oh, no, real quick. I guess one third shout-out. Um, LFA 29 happened also this weekend. or It might have been on Friday. I can't remember. Um, the vacant, bantam, vacant Bantamweight title was on the line. Uh, Ricky Simon beat uh, former UFC vet Chico Camus. Um, I did not get a chance to watch the fight, but from what I heard, it was pretty one-sided. Um, so, shout-outs to Ricky, who is their new Bantamweight champ. And that's pretty much about all I got. All right, I got three, too. Um, shout-outs to Nicola Adams, uh, two-time Olympic gold medalist for the UK. Um, she fought her third pro fight last night, I think. Um on the undercard for Billy Joe Saunders and David Lemieux and ended up beating this woman via third round TKO. Um, Katie Taylor already has her title, has a world title. Uh, Carson Shields already has two. So I imagine in 2018, we'll see Nicola Adams fight for a world title. So that's going to be cool to see. Um, from China, uh, they had two tournaments, um, a heavyweight tournament, which I cannot find who out who won the damn thing. So, you know, forget them. But the winner of the Mulan Legend tournament was um, a woman by the name of Guana Kui, a former Wushu world champion. So shouts to her. Um, she beat, actually, um, China's best MMA prospect, Zhang Weili, in the finals or semifinals to... Uh, to cinch the thing, so that was really cool. Um, and last but not least, shout to Black Thought, who dropped like the best ten minutes in hip hop this week. 
Oh, I had man. 97. Oh, man. Did, did you see the people mad at Black Thought? The ones who didn't realize he was a rapper? Who <laughs> <laughs> just saw Black Thought trending and was like, what about White Thought? <laughs> oh, my God. You... Oh, man. And I, I dove into some comment sections of that. And, um, I... I... Oh, um... I think we're in the time. I think this might be the dumbest generation of people. But no, this is just the generation where you know where everybody's thinking because everybody has a platform to say whatever's on their mind. I mean, that too, but like, the thing about this is like, literally one Google search. <laughs> one See, we, Google we're search. We're the dumbest, we're just the laziest. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe maybe that's the word. It's a combination of the two. I'm not giving these. I can't give these people benefit of the doubt because I saw too many of them. Like <laughs> one Google search could have, or even I'm assuming nobody clicked on the video because uh, if you would have clicked on the video, you would have realized, oh, Black Thought. That's a that's a person. This isn't like an ideology. Well, that's the thing. They didn't or, see like a video. They just saw a Black Thought trending at number one. And they're like, oh, and their what the their what aboutism <laughs> gene kicked in. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, what if, what, what about, what if there was a rapper named White Thought? And I'm that, like, well, thank God we never hilarious. had. Uh, yeah, for one, <laughs> right? That would be wild. I'd probably listen just because I'd be intrigued. Like, what do you even? So, are, well, so what do you? So, let's, yeah. question: Are there white supremacist rappers? <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> I must say, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. There's got to be one. There has to be one. There, there's got to be. <laughs> there's got to be and one does out he, there. Does, does this rapper recognize the, uh, I don't even say hypocrisy, but like the irony of what he's doing? Oh, no. No. He, in their head, he's, he's finding some way to, <laughs> he's judo flipping the situation to like somehow get it to fit. His narrative. I, and, like, to anybody I, who was like, what about a white thought? Like, dude, we had a rapper named Vanilla Ice. Like, that's the whitest name. That, <laughs> right. Like, his name was Vanilla Ice. And regardless of how corny his music might have been, this dude sold, like, millions of of records. White, like, white come on, man. Is, I love hip-hop, but hate black people. <laughs> Oh, what about White Thought? Dude, there was a basketball player whose nickname was White Chocolate. Like, <laughs> where have you people been at for like the last... <laughs> oh, man. The moral of the story is... Listen, the moral man, of the story is like, Black Thought's the greatest rapper of all time. There we go. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a moral we can all vibe to. There we go. Yeah, we, we can all get with that. People, before you type, just... Do do your research, man. I I know, I know people don't like to do research, which is crazy because we live in the information age and people still choose to be dumb. But just just take that one quick second. Dude, out those Wikipedia articles be long though. <laughs> you wouldn't know who Black Thought is in the first <laughs> sentence. You don't even have to go. <laughs> you don't even have to scroll down. You could have just looked at the headline of the page. Oh man, that that. I lost a lot of, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of hope in humanity in general, but that just, 
Oh it, boy, that one. I want there me. to be an Asian rapper named Yellow Thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we have a rich chigga. Exactly. Around, so <laughs> like, that's lower the bar. Oh man, oh man, just you guys. I don't, I don't know. That that really blew my mind. Like, <laughs> but shout outs to Black Thought though. That was. That was an amazing freestyle. And, like, he didn't lose a breath, man. He just... Oh, God. You, got, you ever see the Justin... Uh, I think his name is Justin Hunter video? Like, Black Thought, the greatest of all time? Where he, like, uh, they, they go through, like, old interviews with, like, producers and rappers and stuff to, like, try to, like, show why he, this person's so respected as a rapper. Hmm. And, uh... No, I have to look that up. But, um... They, they, go, they talk to him. God, I, don't, I can't remember who it was, which producer it was, but, um... He was talking about like how Black Thought told him about um, this method of breathing he learned in high school called circular breathing, where like as he's rapping, he's also taking in air, so he can just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. It's actually really interesting. That's crazy. Whatever it did, it, it's working because he didn't he didn't miss a beat, like ten minutes straight. Just yeah, dude, dude is um. He's amazing. That that dude is an amazing talent. Um, but yeah, shout out to everybody who got mad. Just y'all, y'all got to do better. I wish man. I wish my life was that stress. This is why we're losing our internet yeah. again. This is what it. I, I wish my life was that stress free where I could worry about black thought trending on Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's all the things going on in the world, and that this is what. This is what riles you up. This this is what stirs the pot. Um, yeah, man. Let's let's do better. Let's let's do better. But <laughs> uh, I guess real quick before we get out of here, um, next card coming up uh, December thirtieth. So we get to end the year with pay per view. Uh, Holly Holm and Chris Cyborg headlining uh, UFC two nineteen. Other cards have mentioned. I mean, other fights have mentioned. Uh, Barboza and Nurmagomedov, Jimmy Rivera, John Lineker. Oh, just lost the card. Where'd it go? Um, Cynthia Calvillo and Carlos Esparza. Uh, the return of Carlos Condit, Neil Magny, um, Rick Glenn, Miles Jury. Lots of good good fights on here. This is a good, pretty good card to end the year on. Um, so we've got that coming up on the 30th. Um, we're probably going to do... I'm, I'm trying to figure out some kind of mega cast... We'll probably do. No, 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 <laughs> no, my fam. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we're gonna we'll do some kind of mega cast hopefully for New Year's. It might not be on New Year's. I'll be up on New Year's. I'm not gonna be doing anything special. Most likely, not at least as of now, I don't have anything planned. But just just know, probably the first podcast of 2018 will probably be a very long podcast. We're gonna get Joey and Stokes on here, and we're all just gonna be stupid and talk and ramble for two maybe three hours who knows what'll happen but trying to get that in the works and uh i figure uh close to the end of the year is coming up so i'll be doing my top 20 favorite albums of this year um eminem will won't be making that did list. you listen to um, whatever it's called because i didn't yes it yes i did i listened to it at work um quick mini review because i thought of i don't even know if i'm gonna review this i'm not even i guess i kind of have to because it's eminem but it was a very long album 
some of the concepts and ideas were good. Like, I get what he was trying to do, but the execution was very bad. <laughs> and, like, th there was no replay value. There's not, there wasn't one song on that album I could see myself going back and listening to. Like, yeah, I, I could rant on and on. But, yeah, it was not, it wasn't a great listen. It, it was not. For it to be 19 tracks, and it felt every bit of 19 tracks long, it was a hard, it, um, it was a hard God, 80 minutes. Yeah. And, like, there are tracks on there that are, like, four and, like, five and six minutes long. Like, a couple of them. Like, it, it it's long. It, it's, that, that was a, 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 a chore to get through. Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably review it just because it's Eminem. But, um, yeah. Not, not a great listen, to be honest. And this is coming from someone I'm, I'm normally, I feel like I'm really lenient. Like, I don't really getting mad at like most albums if i don't like i just kind of write it off as like you know what this just kind of isn't for me but this just wasn't it just wasn't good yeah. like it, it just wasn't good but so you know there'll be some fun podcasts coming up in the near future so um yeah man be on the lookout um as always you know this podcast can be heard on youtube soundcloud google play itunes if you're on itunes please rate and subscribe on itunes uh coming up to the end of the year so just give, give me a christmas present man give me give me some more ratings on itunes if you want to send emails you can send emails at dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com so yeah man let's let's end the year on a a good note um actually yeah by the time you guys hear at least the next fight podcast it probably will be 2000 it will be christmas which is much more important yeah that is that is true I don't really do anything for New Year's, so. But, um, yeah, man, this pretty much been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, anytime people are being kicked and or punched in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And hopefully we catch you guys soon. Uh, you guys have a nice holiday. Be safe in traffic. Don't do anything crazy. And uh, we will catch you guys later. Peace.